Hello, and welcome to another episode of the East Anglian Theatre Podcast. Greetings, fellow humans, and congratulations on such excellent taste in podcasts. Having reached a 50th episode last time out, I've decided that this episode, the 51st, is going to be the first in Series 3 of the podcast. You didn't need to know that, of course, but if the quality drops below what is already a pretty low bar, we'll blame it on the difficult third series. But what kind of introduction is that? Hi everyone, my name's Ray Tempesta, or Brayton Pester if you've got audio captions on. I am the host, the guy who is on a solo mission to promote theatre in our region, one show, one venue at a time. And what an impact I'm having, I assume. There's no measurable stats to back this up, but in this era of statistics being manipulated, experts being overlooked and fake news being rife, I can pretty much make any claim I want. All joking aside, I did actually receive a nice email from someone who had read one of my reviews, liked what they read and decided to book some last minute tickets for the show for her and her husband. She emailed to say how much she enjoyed it and how pleased she was that she'd seen my review. So that was nice to know, if only fleetingly that I'm not wasting my time. Anyhow, back to the episode, and just to briefly explain the format, the main feature of each episode is the interview that I make one of my guests, or guests endure, usually about a show that they're working on. It's sandwiched by a bit of patter from me about what I've been up to in the world of theatre lately, and a bit of promotion for some of the other shows and auditions happening in our region. We'll come to that in a moment, but first let me tell you about the social media stuff. The podcast has a Facebook, Instagram, X and TikTok presence. Please do consider the pages or the posts a like, a share or whatever. And of course, feel free to leave a rating for the podcast on whatever streaming platform you use. It all helps in some way, I'm sure. There's also a dedicated website, eatpod.co.uk. That's eatpod.co.uk. Here you'll find all episodes of the podcast, plus the reviews that I write, and a page to contact me if you'd like to feature as a guest, or even perhaps to make suggestions for the format of the show. I'm certainly not precious, and after 50 episodes I've definitely built a thick skin. So let's begin the episode in earnest, and sitting all by myself... Enough of that. Sorry, sitting here all by myself... No, seriously, please. Sitting here alone, I ask myself the question that no one cares to find out the answer to. Ray, what have you been up to theatre-wise lately? Well, it's been a couple of weeks since the last episode, so firstly, there's been a butt-ton of rehearsals for Season's Greetings. At the time this episode goes out, we're at opening night, and I'll be honest, it's not been the smoothest of rides. It took far longer than I was comfortable with to plot the whole show, and then with little over a couple of weeks to go, one of the cast dropped out due to ill health. So, while we should have been polishing, we were instead getting a new member of cast up to speed. It is in good shape now, though, so I can't wait to get some laughs with it. Now, aside from rehearsing, I've also taken in a few shows. There was Twelfth Night from Friends of the Podcast, Echo Youth Theatre, as they put their unique stamp on the story. It was a bit sad to see that it hadn't sold that well at the performance I attended, but it was 5.30pm on a Thursday, so maybe that was the problem. Having seen them brilliantly produce a couple of musicals recently, School of Rock and Little Shop of Horrors, it was great to see them step into more ambitious territory in terms of acting ability. I had seen them perform a frankly chaotic version of Alice in Wonderland, but it was difficult to judge their abilities in that one as it was largely a visual spectacle. 
What they showed me, though, was that in addition to their undoubted musical ability, quite a number of them showed they can properly act too. Now, Echo are back in action again this month at the Garage in Norwich, putting on three one-act plays over two days called Girls Like That, Flower Babies and Bad Girls. You can have a look at what the plays are all about at thegarage.org.uk and the shows are on the 18th and 19th of November. I also caught a couple of shows at Norwich Theatre Royal in the form of Noises Off and the National Symphony Orchestra of Ukraine. The orchestra was brilliant, but it seems a bit off-topic to talk about that here, but you can take a look at the review on my website if you're interested. But about Noises Off, it's the classic play within a play, a piece which the play that goes wrong probably owes a debt of gratitude to for its cleverly choreographed and stage-managed chaos. I took my daughter along with me to the show and by her own admission she struggles to maintain focus throughout shows, TV programmes, movies etc. But she said she couldn't take her eyes off it at any point as there was so much action to take in. It was so funny, seamlessly blending biting comedy with more bawdy slapstick humour. It really was a genuine joy to watch. Also a joy to watch, but for different reasons, was Irving Stage Company's musical production of Sweeney Todd at the Theatre Royal in Bury St Edmunds. Now, I've not actually produced a review for this one, but what I will say is lovely to see a different company in action. I've had the pleasure of interviewing Irving Stage Company on a couple of occasions, but I haven't had the time to come and see them. And wow, what brilliant talent they have among their ranks. From the looks of things, they struggle with younger women, judging by the maybe 40-something-year-old actress cast as the teenage Joanna. Now, that wasn't a slight on her ability, as she was an excellent vocalist. It was just slightly cringy seeing her dressed in a bonnet and playing opposite a love interest young enough to be her son. The production values were excellent, with the set and costumes really bringing things to life. The orchestra was brilliant. The two leads in Sweeney and Mrs Lovett were incredible. And it's great to see they've also got some emerging young talent among their number too. Now if you didn't manage to catch Sweeney, be sure to keep an eye out for their next production, which is Stepping Out, the tap dancing comedy, and that will be staged in May 2024. Now, with the mention of Theatre Royal Barry St Edmunds, this offers us a smooth segue into the next section, as I'm about to introduce you to a couple of actors I've interviewed this time who were part of the latest pantomime at the beautiful theatre. Their names are Peter Baker and Philippa Carson. So, without further ado, let's have a chat with them, shall we? Hi there, Peter and Philippa. It's lovely to have you on. Now, I guess the first thing I should probably ask is you to introduce yourself and your characters in the pantomime. I am Peter Baker and I am playing Grumble. I like to think of him as the hero of this pantomime, whereas I think most people who come to watch it will probably just see him as a groveling servant to the evil queen. But he remains a hero in my own mind. And I am Philippa and I'm playing Gladys and um, Gladys is the royal handler. So um, I'm like a little duo with fantastic uh, Lizzie, who is playing Corky the Corgi, the palace pooch. So myself and uh, Corky get up to all sorts of mischief. Ah, fantastic. And then I'm conscious that I've interrupted your rehearsal for this. So how's it going? What stage are you at in the process? It's brilliant. We're currently going through Act One, um, which is very Gladys heavy. So I'm actually delighted to be having a break here. It's fab, fab. 
Um, yeah, we're going through Act One today. Yes, we've been uh, getting all the scenes down, and then later we're going to do some choreography, which will be uh, quite challenging for me, as we'll be going through <laughs> some of the numbers. We have some wonderful songs throughout the piece, and I get to have uh, not one but two duets with um, my wonderful Queen Lucretia, played by the fabulous Beth Tucky, who I believe was also in Cinderella a couple of years ago. So audiences will be familiar with her stellar work already. And the pair of them make the most deliciously devilish duo. Um, they're just phenomenal. They're, they're phenomenal. I can't stop laughing <laughs> watching them. I cannot stop. And if I'm not laughing, I'm going, oh my God, they're so good. They're so good. I think Sorry, that's one thing with... boasting about you. But... I've stopped. Stop. <laughs> I was just about to do the same for you. <laughs> As you can see, we are fulfilling the stereotype. Absolute lovelies. I think it is because we're having such a fun time watching each other. Gladys gets to open the show and we couldn't ask for a better person to open as uh, it's just quite a joyous, joyous thing to watch. And she has quite a wonderful number that I'm quite sad not to be in. Mm. Oh, the opening number. The Young Company are incredible. We just met them a couple of days ago and it was like... <gasps> Very good. Very good dancing, singing, just loads of enthusiasm and it's really cool. So I get to do a big opening number with them, which is very, very fun. So do you feel under pressure to up your game as the professionals now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got to look better than that. Excuse me. No, no. Yeah, they're on a seriously high standard. So about the show, Peter, you you mentioned you're playing Grumble, which I have to admit, I guessed was a sort of non-copyright infringing variation on one of the dwarves. But I understand the dwarves are actually replaced with a scout troop instead. Yes. And yes, that's... Philip, they're uh, playing the, the scout leader. So clearly that there's some changes to the um, <clears throat> Disney version that most people will be familiar with and obviously the, the Brothers Grimm fairy tale, a much darker one. So what would you say is the unique selling point of the Theatre Royal Barry St Edmunds version? Well, I would say that Chris Hannon has created a script which manages to draw all of the classic fairy tale elements that we know and love of Snow White. You know, a, a young heroine who is beset at every turn by the machinations of the evil queen and then who ends up being banished and will they, won't they love interest and the moment where we would expect to see the dwarves, instead we are greeted by a set of scouts whose hut is right in the middle of Bradfield Woods. And they are led by the wonderful scout leader, Gladys. Oh, yeah. Scout is there leader. seven of them? Oh, well, there's only one way to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so what do you think audiences will pick out as their highlight from the show? Well, I think the whole thing is guaranteed to make you laugh. The highlight from the show, the wonderful Zachary Pang plays Sir Nicholas, who is Snow White's love interest. Snow White played by Lara Lewis, who is phenomenal. And yesterday they were practicing a scene together where I am not joking myself and wonderful Craig, who is playing the fantastic dame. We're just both welling up and looking at each other like, oh, my, this is just a rehearsal. And we are moved to tears so i that that is that highlight so far that's just a rehearsal and i was like oh, it's beautiful so, yeah. yeah i have to say that even i was you know really trying to channel my my very stoic 
uh, you know, negative character. And, and even I was melting and thinking perhaps my character is having a whole new journey now just by watching watching them together. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of negativity, with a face like mine, I was always more suited to the baddies than perhaps the romantic lead. Um, What's he on about Ray having a beautiful, lovely yeah. face? You're a goodie through and through. Yes, yes. The, my mother tells me all the time. But uh, as actors, which do you prefer playing, goodies or baddies? Ooh. Ooh. I always get cast as um, a kind of hyper... And um, kind of like, oh, there she goes again. She's mad. Um, oh my gosh, I can't speak. Why is that? I, I, I'm always cats of like a goodie, I think, but I I prefer to play baddie. I think. I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. I have I have been cast a few times as a baddie, and I'm not really sure what that says about me. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, there is something. It's just something deliciously malicious about being a baddie that you you really get to sink your teeth into and, mm. and kind of let rip. And, and now for the really, you know, the, the really hard hitting journalism here. So let's just imagine you had a magic mirror on your wall and like the magic mirror in Snow White, it it was seemingly only able to answer the same question each time. What question would you like your magic mirror to answer? Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the most daft worthy actor of all? Um, and it would always say me. You again? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, maybe some sort of like mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's not going to run out of energy by being overzealous today? And my mirror would say, you, don't worry. Just don't be so hyper. <laughs> That's tragic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so j- just moving a little bit away from Snow White now. So but for both of you, what, what was your route into acting and what inspired you to pursue it as a career? Hmm. Well, for me, my route into acting was actually um, through doing, I mean, I did um, stage school stuff as a kid and I was doing improv, but I did film and broadcasting. Um, and then, you know, when I'd be learning to do filmmaking stuff I'd be like should we just turn this camera around this direction and then that's when I kind of realized no I really like this and I I did an independent feature in right after I'd finished graduate right after I'd finished college and then I was like I know this is for me when we did our graduation then showcase of our films there was this fancy person there who was working in a tv company and talking to me and saying oh so you were the sound editor for that film were you so you know would you be interested in, in in pursuing that? And my teacher was like over his shoulder, giving the big thumbs up. And I just said, yeah, no, I kind of think I want to be an actor. And he was like, what? And my teacher was like, what? And my parents were like, what? Uh, and then I was like, yeah, I guess I'm going to go and do that. So that was me. That's my route. Hmm. And yes, for me, it was, uh, it was something I'd always wanted to do when younger. And then, you know, life got in the way and I had different jobs. And then it was a conversation one Christmas with a friend he said, why aren't we doing the things that we wanted to do when we were younger? So um, I booked a short course at a drama school in England because I was living in Spain at the time. And at the end of the four days, I just thought, I think I want to try this. So I moved back and I gave myself five years to try. Let's just try to see if you like it. And I'm now on a rolling contract. Fantastic. So how far are you into the five years? Uh, I've definitely gone past that now. We're on nine, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so you obviously made it work for you. Well, so far. 
<laughs> and for, for both of you during your time on stage are there any particular highlights that you can mention I would probably say this week working in the rehearsal room with everyone here it's been great joy it's my first time doing a panto which I'm very excited about oh, really um so yes I'm finding it currently very hard to remember anything else I've done because this is currently giving me so much joy yeah yeah, I gotta agree. It's 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 very it, it's such an energy. It, it takes a lot of energy to do panto, but it gives you the energy right back because of how much it, it is joy filled. Yeah, and and I gather you're both involved with sort of improv and sketch comedy separately. So what what can you tell us about that? I'm I'm always intrigued by that medium. Mm. Well, yes, I'm in, um, I'm in a couple of troops. Um, one of them has performed at uh, Theatre Royal Barry St Edmunds a couple of times already. Uh, it's a show called Murder She Didn't Write. Which it's very good. <laughs> it's um, an it's improvised method. It's very addictive. It's so easy to, it's, yeah, once you, once, there's something about that buzz of improv, which I'm sure you find. When you're working with people that you trust mm. and you know that I could go on stage with Philippa and maybe I'm not having the best day but I know she's going to make me look good I'll make her look good and it's there's something about building a story together and trusting in each other which is is really really addictive and it's I do think it's something you can transfer into script work as well that same presence that you have um with improv of always being alert and listening you can bring that into scripted work as well absolutely absolutely uh, and I'm in a sketch group called Just These Please. And we um, we have done a number of Edinburgh's and um, runs at Soho and things. And that's where I've seen, that's where I've seen Peter's work before. Um, and um, we, I think what you can take from sketch stuff as well as improv is, is feeding off the audience and like learning every day. Oh, actually, when I say it, there that gets a bigger laugh or what, what a, this audience are receiving it in a different way so actually I'm not going to do what I did yesterday because this audience just needs something else and it it, it makes you feel um like everything is um open and it can it can change all the time whether mm. it's like obviously improv is, is going to be made up on the spot but if you work in sketch in the same kind of mind frame that you're going to base it off of even though it's a script that has to stay the same it's going to be every audience is such a different collection it's such a di different collective that mm. has a, a that has a mind of of one and and um it's a wonderful alchemy i think when an audience comes in and you can just hear it in the first couple of laughs like oh okay you guys are different to the show this morning even and like how, how do you how can we change things slightly for you or how do we know like that's going to work for them and I'm excited for that joke later mm. whatever you know it's like I think that's the kind yeah of I think yeah. that's and I think that's what made me excited about doing Panto as well thinking this yes. is kind of a bit closer to getting that dynamic because the audience do really become part of the show from quite Completely. early on really yeah so, yeah, you're, you're getting to know them just as much as they're getting to know you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely a crossover in terms of the, the sort of transferable skills from from certainly from improv comedy because, uh, well, perhaps not so much with maybe your characters, but, but certainly the Dame. There, there's going to be so much ad libbing. Um, now I won't go down the painful route of making you tell me when the show's on and 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 all that jazz. You know, I'll I'll take care of that separately. But 
Now, I was going to say in seven words to represent the seven scouts, but I don't know if there's seven scouts, but I'll, I'll stick with this anyway. In seven words, um, so we'll give a, some sort of tenuous link there. Why should audiences go and see your pantomime this festive season? I think Peter's going to be good at this. Oh, good. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Okay. Is Peter particularly good at counting? I can't even count. There's an improv (laughs) game, right, where you have to say, um, you know, five lines and then, you know, five words. Oh, yeah. Or two words or whatever. So you have to have a a conversation where you can only say two words and the other person can only say either two words or four words or whatever. And that... once we go over four, even once we go over three, Philippa struggles. I'm like, and I would. Oh, no, I didn't fit it in. You could try the two word game in order to promote the pantomime if you want to give that a go. You must come see this fantastic pantomime because it's the most stirring and staggering, dynamic, musical. Dance-filled, hilarious extravaganza, which <laughs> will knock your socks right off. <laughs> Fantastic! Yeah, I mean, to be fair to you, extravaganza does sound like about four words in one. It does. Yeah. I was like, are we having it? Extravaganza. I thought it wasn't the syllables game. Oh yes, that's another one. That's- you also said dance filled, which yeah, I think there was a, a good use of a hyphen there as well. Thank you yes. so much. Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. I said it like a hyphen and it read that. I'm pleased. I'm pleased. No, no, no. I, I got that. That was, that was excellent work there. So Thank thanks you. very much, Peter and Philippa. I'll, I'll let you get back to your rehearsals. Um, good luck with them. And um, obviously good luck with the, the run of the, the panto when it, when it starts in a couple of weeks time. Yes, yes. Uh, it starts the 25th of November and runs until the 14th of January. Oh, excellent plugging voice there. Lovely. Okay. Bye. Thanks. So there we have it. That was the enchanting Peter and Philippa from Theatre Royal, Barry St Edmunds, Panto, Snow White, which somehow we didn't touch upon in the interview also features none other than Dame Judi Dench as the voice of the Magic Mirror. Now, they mentioned Beth Tucky, of course, but Craig Painting also returns this year after his brilliant turn as the Sheriff of Nottingham in last year's Panto. I'll be going along on opening night to give it a review, but if you want tickets yourself, the show is on between November the 24th and January the 14th. It's worth checking out the theatre's website at theatreroyal.org as you can find out info on such things including family saver tickets, British sign language performances, relaxed performances, touch tour and audio described performances, captioned performances, school savers, group savers. Basically the theatre is doing a lot to make their shows as accessible as possible so it's absolutely worth taking a look. Now what else is coming up in the region over the next few weeks? Well, staying in Bury St Edmunds and the Improv Comedy Specialists, insert laughter here, have announced three shows in consecutive months in the town. The first of which is on Friday the 24th of November at Abbeygate Cinema. They've then got their first ever family-friendly show on the 22nd of December at the Hunter Club, where they'll be improvising their own pantomime, and that's followed by a return to Abbeygate Cinema on the 19th of January. Visit insertlaughterhere.co.uk for further info and booking information, or for the Abbeygate Cinema shows, you can purchase tickets via abbeygatecinema.co.uk. 
In Norwich, Sewell Barn Theatre's second show of their latest season is a comedy called Immaculate. It sounds like a bold choice, as they've acknowledged in their press release, which states that the play has been lauded and loathed by critics, often at the same time. It centres around a character called Mia, who is young, free and single, and who hasn't had sex in a year, but somehow finds herself pregnant. Now, it gets worse for Mia, as the angel Gabriel and Lucifer both turn up to claim parentage in this comedy drama that challenges more than just faith. If that floats your boat, it's on at the Sewell Theatre from the 23rd to the 25th of November, and then the following week from the 29th of November to the 2nd of December. All shows are at 7.30 and there's also a matinee on the 2nd of December and tickets can be purchased via sewellbarn.org. And finally, if you're interested in watching the show that I'm a part of, Season's Greetings, by one of the British comedy masters, Alan Akebourne, well, you'll have to be quick, not only because it opens on the 16th of November, but also because there's literally a small handful of tickets left. I believe the Thursday night and the Friday night have both sold out, but you might be able to get tickets for the Saturday matinee or evening, possibly. Check out SheringhamLittleTheatre.com for more details. However, if you're closer to Cambridge, then perhaps it might be worth checking out the combined actors of Cambridge, who probably don't go by the acronym CAC. They're also performing Seasons Greetings, and their shows are from the 5th to the 9th of December at the ADC Theatre in Cambridge. The tickets for that are available via adctheatre.co.uk. Anyway, that's all I have time for, folks. As usual, I'll post links for all the shows mentioned on my social media pages when I can be asked. Thanks so much for listening to myself, Philippa and Peter ramble on, and tune in next time for what will likely be a festive dose of my banality. Until then, take care of yourselves, and go watch some theatre. Bye. (laughs) 